Yo, 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 quarterback fans. Welcome to a quarterback-themed episode of Big D Podcast. Before I bring in today's special guest, yes, yes, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page where you can see all my content, football, baseball, soccer, golf, whatever you want. Also, check out the Big D Podcast for your audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So joining us from uh, Florida is my friend Alex, and we've got uh, Kyle Senra joining us from north of the border. So guys, guess what? We're talking about quarterbacks. So Alex, <laughs> my first question to you is, what, uh, what traits do you look at for a successful quarterback so i mean pretty much first of all thanks for having me on dylan it's always a pleasure to be back on the show uh as far as successful traits in quarterback obviously i mean for me the number one thing you got the, the number one thing you have to have is accuracy if you're not an accurate nfl quarterback you're not going to have any sort of success in the league i mean putting the ball with with the talent on cornerbacks and safeties in the nfl these days the speed that these defenses have you have to be able to put that ball on a dime where only your wide receiver can catch it. So I think, I definitely think accuracy is the number one. I mean, you don't have accuracy. We see these guys with uh, upper double digit interceptions on the year. I mean, you really got to be able to put that ball in a spot if you're trying to be one of the most successful quarterbacks in the, in the league. And also, I mean, another one, we've seen it completely flourishing in today's NFL. You have to have, and you don't have to, but it really helps your game if you can have some sort of mobility. I mean, there's obviously um, some exceptions to the rule. Obviously, Tom Brady, who many say uh, is the <clears throat> best quarterback to ever play. But, uh, you know, he has pretty much been an anomaly his entire career. But having, I mean, just this new wave of quarterbacks we've seen with Lamar Jackson and, and Kyler Murray and all, all these guys who are able to make, uh, make you pay on the ground and as well as in the air. I, th- I definitely think mobility accuracy and then you got to talk arm strength as well I mean it, it, it takes a special kind of talent we've seen from uh the new guys Justin Herbert Patrick Mahomes coming up who can launch the ball 80 yards uh, down the field it's just it's something that your uh your safety specifically on defense always have to be aware of they always have to be ready to uh watch those uh those nine routes those go routes but I definitely think those top three things are are kind of the the epitome of success when it comes to playing uh, the quarterback position in the NFL. Well, first off, Dylan, thanks for having me on. I always love uh, talking with you. And uh, I think, uh, you know, you're, you know, you've got a good, a lot of good topics. You're a really good leader for this podcast. I think that's the, that's the the first and foremost, Uh, the quarterbacks have to have sort of the intangible, see what to look for. That's almost really difficult. You almost have to just like watch so much football to see who, who are the guys that are able to kind of, rally up the offenses get the fourth quarter comeback get those playoff wins those the, the key kind of intangible things but you can also there's some numbers you can look at too uh the two that i really like looking at are uh touchdown rate uh career touchdown percentage uh, a percentage of throws of their uh, t- past attempts that go for touchdowns then also yards per attempt and looking at again clear career averages across the board is kind of just like to, to put to help a little bit of an, an analytical approach to, to the quarterbacks and how good they are at passing how efficient they are at passing. And I guess the last thing is just like watching the play styles. And I will say to, to me, I thought it was a pretty clear top four. And outside of one 
player who's a massive exception for the like a million reasons of, of exceptions across sports like it's crazy what, what he's done so you know you, you look at just winning and, and that that's that that a yeah, chapter on its own but for the other three quarterbacks inside my top four they all have the uncanny ability to be able to throw in any situation whether it's clean pocket uh pressure in their face they can get it out quickly but they can also extend the plays and throw on the run with accuracy and the same amount of accuracy as they could when they're standing still and that's like a, a trait that not a lot of quarterbacks can do that because it's so tough to defend it makes such a difference so that all combined together is i guess my criteria for making this list uh, for me, I think accuracy is number one because if you're not throwing the ball to where you see first, uh, you're not going to be around in the NFL. You need some form of accuracy. I mean, do you need to be Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers accurate? No, but you can't be uh, Daniel Jones accurate. Exactly. And uh, secondly, I, I look at leadership because to me, it's a great leader. If your quarterback's not just making passes, but helping your team, saying the right things at the right time, being staying calm at the right moments. I mean, we remember Joe Montana in the uh, in Super Bowl twenty three when he saw a fa- famous celebrities in the crowd showing his leadership. We've seen Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and now. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, or Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, show accuracy, see, and leadership. And, uh, you know, in other eras, I don't think I would have involved this, but mobility has become a hugely important trait the last probably three, four years. We've seen Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, uh, Trey Lance, Herbert, Mahomes, Josh Allen, all show not just arm strength, but mobility. Because if you can escape the pocket, and you don't have to be, you don't have to be hugely mobile. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben Roethlisberger, could avoid sacks because you could never bring him to the ground. Having that little bit of mobility, giving him not only opens up the playbook but keeps plays alive because we remember like Aaron Rodgers, like using his mobility, throw the ball down the field or Patton Mahomes doing the, you know, what throws Josh Allen looking like he's about to get sacked. And then all of a sudden throws one 70 yards up the field. Who, who is your favorite old quarterback to watch? He could still be playing if you like him, like him, but who's your favorite old quarterback to watch? I mean, I'm a Packers fan, so like Aaron Rodgers counts as old, right? Yeah, I think he would. He would. I mean, it's what I was alluding to earlier. He's one of those quarterbacks, and maybe I'm already hinting at like where I might have him place, but uh, one of those quarterbacks I think can just the the way he plays is so outstanding. You don't see a lot of quarterbacks capable of doing that under any circumstance, situation. He can make quick throws in the pocket really easily, and, and he can find guys quickly and decisively if he wants to with, with uh, you know clean pocket in front of him if things break down he can scramble around and, and buy lots of time and find big plays as well he's got the, the really solid arm the accuracy as well to kind of make all the throws for wherever he is on the field so uh there's there's again there's maybe a couple other quarterbacks that i think have that alongside rogers and uh and 
it's no surprise that I like watching them, but I, I like watching them because I think they are the best. So they'll all be ranked really highly on my list. So my favorite to watch among them would I think just by default be Aaron Rodgers since he does play for my favorite team. But there's there's two other names I could really say, but we'll uh, maybe we'll save it for a little bit later. Hey, I wouldn't mind a quarterback if he threw a couple of Hail Marys. Yeah, especially if it really good, accurate Hail Marys and you know, I, there's there's always a bit of luck involved when you're throwing the ball that far. But you, you look at, you know, his, his the ball placement on a lot of those hail marys. I think they they either decide things before the snap, or you kind of have to read where it's going to go based on some post snap things that the receivers have to figure out. But it seems like he either throws the ball at the front of the stripe. So if you catch it, you're basically like on the stripe, just catch it to and either maybe move up a, a, a few inches to to get a touchdown. Or at the back of the uh, of the end zone, he doesn't really throw a lot of those hail marys into the middle of the end zone depth wise, uh, like front to back. But they're always at the at the ends, and I think that helps the receivers. They know, okay, I'm either going to I'm either looking to, to aim for the front stripe or the back stripe. Look for either one of those. I think obviously the Richard Rogers one is probably the most famous one against the Lions. He's right on the front end zone stripe when he catches that. Like that's that's about as perfectly placed as it could have been if that's what the plan is. But and. I don't think it's a coincidence because it seems like there's a lot of them of those Rogers ones like that, that are, um, I think of the Randall Cobb one against the giants. That's the back of the end zone. That's the back stripe. So I think they, that's why I think they, they kind of, they decide it before the play. He decides I'm, I'm either aiming for the front stripe or the back stripe. So be ready for that. Whatever side of the football, whatever side you're on, that's where I'm going for. So be ready in both instances. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but yeah, I definitely love watching Rogers throw some Hail Marys. Now I don't, well, I love watching them after the fact, especially when you know you've won. Before the fact, when it's like, oh man, we have to, you have to make this or you lose, that's pretty stressful to watch, to be fair. But it, I guess that's the exciting part of football after all. So, you know, everyone's so excited about this, this young up and coming group of guys, obviously, with the Burroughs, the Mahomes, the Herberts, you know. Uh, as far as old quarterbacks, it's tough. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say Tom Brady because, uh, you know, he's been causing me some personal misery throughout his entire career. I would have to say I've, you know, he just retired uh, within the last couple seasons, but I'm going to, I'm going to shout him out anyway. I always love watching Drew Brees play, man. And you mentioned him earlier and, you know, I was going to try and pick one of, one of the older guys still in the league, but I just, the way Drew Brees was able, again, that leadership the, uh, ability that you, that we were just talking about, just his his ability to march down the field it, it just first off off the field he seemed like such a good guy he was so huge for the city of new orleans uh after hurricane katrina he brought uh, brought them a super bowl i mean it's just drew Brees was always one of those guys that went even though you know i obviously wasn't a saints fan it was always just one of those quarterbacks that i love being watch and play football this is definitely a sad day for me uh really i mean his entire last season where he just really seemed like a shell of himself but that, that season and, and leading up to his retirement. He was definitely a player that uh, I loved watching throughout his career, and I was definitely sad to see when, uh, when it was time for him to hang up the cleats. Alex, you probably Alex, you probably wish he had joined Miami instead of leaving for the Big Easy, right? Yeah, there's obviously some, uh, some hurt feelings uh, a little bit there towards him, but, you know, he's the one guy that I really – I always rooted for him – uh, whether he was in New Orleans, obviously the rumors uh, about him coming to Miami uh, definitely left a sting. But uh, he was always just such a fun quarterback to watch, such a good guy, and uh, definitely one of my favorites for sure. 
my dad's gonna like my answer, but how about Peyton Manning? Because I mean, not just the Manning family, because Archie was a great quarterback with the Saints in the 70s, early 80s, but Peyton, because a lot of people thought that Ryan Leaf could have been the number one pick in the 98 draft, but Peyton Manning was not just the son of Archie, but he but he blended the right he blended humor, intelligence, quarterback play, leadership, smartness, and anything you want. He wasn't the fastest player, didn't have the biggest on, but Peyton Manning knew the quarterback position and knew the other team's weakness. And I remember one play against the Denver Broncos the year he threw like a million touchdowns. Well, everybody thought the running fullback and running back would get the ball. And Peyton Manning bootlegged and scored and bootlegged the whole defense and the Cowboy defense went for it and Peyton Manning just walked into the end zone. Completely touched. Fooled the defense, fooled the cameraman. No one expected Peyton Manning to still have that ball in his hand. Yeah, you know, uh, Peyton was, I mean, an incredible quarterback to watch. I mean, that he was, I mean, it was him and, and Tom Brady as the guys when I was growing up specifically. But, you know, you shouted out Peyton Manning. I got to give a special shout out, speaking up to, uh, to Mr. Eli Manning, too. And, you know, I was never the biggest Eli Manning fan throughout his career, but, boy, did Eli Manning give me the greatest moment and in, in practically in my football life, and it's saying a lot considering, and yes, he did do it twice, but in particular, man, that, that wild card New York Giants team going in, beating the undefeated New England Patriots, David Tyree helmet catch, special shout out to Eli Manning for uh, not for knocking off uh, the big bad Patriots and uh, the evil empire of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, not once, but twice. So, uh, you know, special shout out Drew Brees, shout out Peyton Manning, and shout out to his little brother Eli as well. And don't forget, and don't forget, Omaha, Omaha. Yep. Whether he was pre doing pre-play audibles at the line, slinging the rock, or in uh, State Farm commercial, or, or not State Farm, that's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, who, did, who was he the spokesman for, Peyton? Uh, nationwide. Nationwide, that's right. And I think he had a cell phone uh, sprint. I think it was a sprint spokesman as well. And he had some great commercials with them uh, with them too. But no, nah, Peyton Manning was a great character on and off. It was fun. He was definitely fun to watch. Okay, so now we get to the juicy part of this episode. Top 10 quarterback rankings heading, heading into the 2022 season. I want you to start at 10 and go all the way down to one. So Alex, start at 10, go to one, please. You want to give me you want me to give you my full list or are we going rank by rank? All right. So I will say, um, you know, there's so many determining factors. I think uh, a quarterback, a top 10 quarterback list can be influenced in so many different aspects. So I'm just prefacing that there. There was a couple different spots where I really had trouble uh, ranking some guys, specifically that five through eight spot was, was real. I feel like any one of those quarterbacks could really fall anywhere. But uh, my number 10 quarterback, I'm going to start there. I'm going to give it to Lamar Jackson. I, I have him sneaking into the top 10 at that 10 spot. Uh, obviously, uh, a big part of that is because of his mobility. 
Uh, he is a playmaker in one of the most exciting senses uh, in this new era of, of NFL football. I wish he was a little bit more accurate. I wish he had a little bit more game management um, as far as the true throwing aspect of the, of, of the quarterback position. I do think he's a little underrated, actually. I think he gets a little uh, too much hate, Lamar Jackson does, but uh, I've got Lamar at the 10 spot. Moving into the nine spot, I have Mr. Dak Prescott. I think Dak is one of those guys where a lot of people kind of overrank him. And I even see some people underrank him. I think Dak is, has the talent to be in the top 10. I don't think he has the consistency um, or even, I mean, obviously the injury problems have been, have been uh, affecting his production as well. But I just, I, I want to see Dak have a big year this year and really be able to to show that he's a consistent top quarterback in the league before I move him up my list a little bit. So I was comfortable putting him at the nine spot. And number eight, and like I said, this five through eight spot was definitely tricky for me. I think this quarterback might be better than where I have him, but there's so many talented quarterbacks, especially in this range, that I really felt like I needed to stick him here. I have Matt Stafford at eight. I think I might've done a little disrespect to him putting him that low. I think he honestly probably could float a couple spots up and I think he might prove me wrong this season but uh you know obviously Matthew Stafford was um really the only bright spot of the Detroit Lions throughout his, his throughout his career there um moved on to the LA Rams and really was put in a situation and and an offense that uh could he could really be utilized as far as uh, the talent around him um I don't think he's a perfect quarterback I think uh he is a little bit uh, a catered to the success um, that is around him, which is another reason why I put, why I put him a little lower on the list, but I definitely think he does have the potential. Uh, not, not the potential in the sense that he's a young quarterback and he's growing, but just the potential to really prove that he is the, uh, the major reason why the, why the LA Rams are so successful. But I have him at the eighth spot. The seven, I'm moving up into Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert, again, one of those young quarterbacks, he has the potential to climb up this list, but uh, there's just so many people in this, in this range that, that I, um, you know, have a couple of questions uh, that, that, that can really fluctuate. Number six, I have Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has been a proven quarterback in the league. He is somehow become an underrated quarterback in the league. Uh, I think uh, some of the problems that Seattle had, I think, put some knocks on him that wasn't deserved. Um, but I do think Russell Wilson is still uh, one of the elite quarterbacks in the National Football League. Number five, I have Joe Burr himself, Mr. Joe Burrow. Uh, I've seen some people ranking Herbert above Burrow. The main thing about Herbert that worries me that Justin Herbert, uh, that Joe Burrow uh, does not worry me about is his clutchness. I mean, we saw him in the playoffs last season. No one expected the Cincinnati Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. People didn't expect them practically to, to even get to the AFC championship game. So I give, I give Joe Burrow. I mean, he's been reunited with Jamar Chase. He's so much fun to watch at the quarterback position. He's going to be one of the most fun quarterbacks to watch in the upcoming future of the NFL. Number four, I have Mr. Aaron Rodgers himself. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is, we know, we know what Aaron Rodgers is going to provide to the NFL. I mean, we've seen it before. It'd be very interesting to see what he does without Devontae Adams, which is why I have him down at four this season, but he's still one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the National Football League. Number three, getting into my top three, 
this is where I'm not sure if we're going to be on the same page. I have Patrick Mahomes. I think uh, it Patrick Mahomes being at number three on my list isn't a knock at Patrick Mahomes. It's just about how good the two guys are ahead of him. I mean, really, the top three quarterbacks in the league, I think, are almost practically on, on a free rotate. You can really put them in any spot. But Patrick Mahomes, we know what he does. We've seen what he can do with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a top three quarterback in the NFL, and there's no debate about it. Uh, number two, I put Tom Brady. Uh, I think some people will probably have Brady uh, lower down the ranks. And honestly, I think the only reason be because of that is everyone is waiting for Tom Brady to fall off that cliff. Yes, he's a yes, he's getting older. He's, yes, he's getting older. He retired once already. Is he going to be the Tom Brady that we're used to seeing? Every time Tom Brady has been doubted, he's moved, he's gone on to prove the doubters wrong. So I have Tom Brady at two and number one is Josh Allen. There's really nothing to say about it. His mobility his arm strength, his accuracy, his leadership skills. He's got the total package as a quarterback in the National Football League. It's funny because as I got further down the list, getting closer to 10, it got more and more difficult. And uh, there's, you know, there's really two guys that I, I'm shocked I'm keeping off because I, I would say it's almost, there's almost like 12 to me. And I know you mentioned your top 10 to me before we started. And there's actually one name on your list that I don't even have. So you can even make that 13. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think my number 10, in spite of some of the things we've already talked about, uh, my number 10 is Dak Prescott. Now he might be the, what you were talking about, Dylan, of he's someone who doesn't necessarily throw a lot of interceptions, but it's also because he's not necessarily taking a lot of risks either. I think Dak Prescott has developed nicely. Uh, he's been more of an anticipatory thrower. He can kind of throw his guys open as opposed to having to earlier in his career, having to see his guys be open a lot. So a guy like Des Bryant didn't really succeed, but Cole Beasley from the slot did for you know, just context reasons, why he dumped off to Zeke so much, having to see the guys open. Dak's gotten better at that. Um, I think that the, well, I let me see on this list. I think, yeah, almost everyone on in my top 10 has a playoff win. So Dak does kind of check that bo box off as well. Come close a couple times as well to, to a, a few others. Uh, maybe we'll say uh, for Dallas, anyway, a heartbreaking loss to the Packers in Dak's rookie season. But uh, I, I was pretty happy with that one. Uh, but yeah, I think it, he, he seems like as much as there's been some questionable decisions at time last year in the playoffs against the 49ers, it, he seems like the, a good leader as well. Um, looking at some of the, the touchdown rates, he's one of the lower ones of this top 10. Uh, only 4.9%. There's really only one guy inside this top 10 with a, a lower career touchdown rate. So awesome. makes sense towards the back end of the top 10 for me. Uh, I can keep going unless you want to chime in on, on Dak at all. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll go with uh, number nine, sorry, uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, better career touchdown rate, 6.3%, actually one of the highest on this list, but also limited to better at throwing middle than outside the numbers uh number eight joe burrow from the Bengals, and then number seven justin herbert two guys from the same class interesting that even though burrow's been to the super bowl uh herbert has yet to even make the playoffs they still have herbert ahead number six the defending super bowl champ matthew stafford uh number five josh allen and, and to me that was that was really a tough from five to ten uh really a tough spot and, but and i thought it was kind of a tear break to the top four being very clear and so I have who I thought was actually the easiest guy to rank of the top 10, uh, Russell Wilson at number four. Uh, my favorite quarterback because of my favorite team, Aaron Rodgers at number three, Tom Brady at two, and then Patrick Mahomes at number one. 
Very interesting. A couple guys surprised me with your rankings, but uh, my list is slightly different. I think we've got eight of the same guys, just a little different order. All right. So at 10, I've got Derek Hall. Yeah. I I think Derek Hall, talk about underappreciative quarterbacks. I think people are finally noticing who Derek Hall is as a quarterback. He carried the Raiders to the playoffs last year, won a bunch of those one-possession one games. We remember that week 18 thrill against L.A. Well, Derek Hall, you could say, I'll play Justin Herbert that night. Yeah. And uh, I think the, and, uh, the Raiders only added Devontae Adams. So I think Derek Hall, he might not be the most physically gifted runner or throw, but he's a gamer. And I like that leadership. They will call, I think the Raiders, the Raiders might be a better team this year. They're just in the wrong division. Yeah. Number nine, and I'm going to shock you with my pick, but uh, Aaron Rodgers is number nine. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yes. I don't I, I think Aaron Rodgers is overrated because yes, he's back to Aaron Rodgers is the back to back MVP. But what has he done in the playoffs? What has he done in the playoffs? Jimmy Garoppolo beat him twice in the playoffs and won him when when he had a bum shoulder in in Fridge and Lambeau Field. Richard Lambeau Field. Yeah. He's lost playoff games to Eli Manning, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo. And you look at the year that Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl. The NFC title game was against Jay Cutler, who got, who hurt him, sustained a knee injury in that game. He didn't, Aaron Rodgers, for all his talent, all his, Discount, double check, whatever has been has been very disappointing in the playoffs. I don't care about MVPs with him. You could argue last year Joe Burrow was a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, but the voters are morons. They give mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers MVPs because he throws one interception the whole year. Yeah. So what? Uh, number eight is uh, Kyler Murray uh, because I, lo- I love Kyler's own strength mobility-wise. Yeah, he's been hurt. Yeah, he struggled second half of the season, but I think Kyler will finally be healthy this year. And I'm excited to see what Kyler does. He's got a big contract, so he's got a lot to live up to this year. But uh, Kyler intrigues me. Uh, seven, uh, you, you and I are in the same boat with uh, Russ and Herbert. I've got Russ at seven. I, I love watching Russell Wilson. He's a gamer. Mobility-wise, answering. And I know some people are saying, well, he's like 31, 32, coming off an injury. I'm like, is he coming off a knee injury? No. Is he coming off an Achilles injury? No. Is he coming off a shoulder elbow injury? No. He's coming off a finger injury. Russ is fine. This is the most complete. I could argue this is the most complete team he's ever been on. He's so unappreciative. He's, he was, what, 61 in the NFL top 10 player list? You could argue he's one of the top 10, 12 players in the league. I yeah. love watching Russ. And, uh, but uh, 
I think, but I also love watching Justin Herbert play because mm-hmm. the Oregon Duck, I mean, you probably want him in Miami right now, right? I don't know about that, but maybe. But uh, but uh, Justin Herbert's got all the talent in the world. How the Chargers missed the playoffs last year is beyond me. Yep. But he's but he's got everything you want in a quarterback: size, mobility, arm strength, leadership. Maybe just needs a little bit of luck. Maybe the char- maybe the Chargers' luck will turn this year. It did in Cincinnati last year because Joe Burrow was two minutes from winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean the Chargers need some luck because it seems like every offseason they're really just getting hurt or or something goes off happens to, to really uh, uh, damper their season. Well, even though I think Herbert may be more talented, Joe Burrow's done more in his NFL career. Led the Bengals to the playoffs. Led the Bengals within a couple minutes of an improbable Super Bowl win. We know what Burrow is. Burrow, Jamal Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, good luck NFC North for the next 10 years. Yikes. And number four, and I may have him a little higher than some, but uh, I really liked how Matthew Stafford played last year. Yeah, he's dealing with a little bit of an elbow injury now, but I think Stafford's a gamer. Huge on. Finally saw Matthew for a competent team. Stafford and Cooper Cup looked like Joe Montana and Jerry Rice last year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, by the way, who was the best fourth quarter quarterback in football last year? Wasn't Tom Brady. Wasn't Josh Allen. Wasn't Patrick Mahomes. It was Matthew Stafford. Yeah. And number three, let's see. Uh, wait. I'm forgetting somebody. I think his initials are G-O-A-T. That would be uh, the GOAT, right? <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah. He's only won seven Super Bowls. <laughs> and number two, let's see. This Mahomes guy, he's pretty decent. He, he can throw for a few, one or two yards, run around. He's like a pinball. Might throw left-handed passes. <laughs> And then number one, you you know who number one is on my list. It's Josh Allen, and I don't think it's close. Let's see. Nine touchdowns, no interceptions in two playoff games last year. And somehow he lost one of those. He lost one of those. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. I mean, you look at it, the Bills have got an incredible team. Josh Allen. Arm strength, mobility, leadership, Bills Mafia. Is this the year Buffalo finally wins the Super Bowl and Buffalo New York becomes the center of the football universe? (laughs) Why Josh Allen number five when he's number one on my list? Well, and and it's it's funny because it um I'm maybe almost discounting a little bit the rushing ability. Like I've got you know Josh Allen five, Lamar Jackson nine. If I really took into account like what they do as runners and how difficult it is to defend, you could make the same argument as these quarterbacks like Wilson and Rogers who throw so well on the run accurately. So you're right. I could maybe even raise Jackson a little bit to get closer to that. We'll say the top four guys all have Super Bowl rings, and I mean I guess Stafford at six does as well, but but Josh Allen kind of 
doesn't check that box off yet either. So, and I know it, it comes down to, you know, Mahomes beating them straight up in the, in the playoffs last year in overtime. And then the same thing in the AFC championship game. So maybe has prevented Allen from getting to the Super Bowl. but um, yeah, I think just the, the winning aspects really important, which is why I put Tom Brady number two, how much he's able to win, uh, how, how, how much he has been able to win and how much you confidence that he can continue to do so. So even ahead of Rogers and, and Wilson, for instance, not quite Mahomes, Cause I wonder what I think about, like you're thinking with Allen is that right now the hardest quarterback to defend. And it's funny because on the full press Packers pod, we'd ranked the quarterbacks, the Packers would play this year. And I had ranked Brady number one. My co-host Jesse, though, ranked Josh Allen number one. So he may agree with you on, on terms of like closer to, to you in terms of Allen being overall ranking as, as opposed to me at five. He'd, I don't know if he'd necessarily put him number one. He might, you know, the Packers homer might still put Rodgers or, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I could maybe see the argument ahead of Russell Wilson, some really bad third down efficiency. I just have a hard time seeing Josh Allen ahead of Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers, who I, I view all have cases to be made to to make as the best quarterback in the nfl i still i guess you can make the case for josh allen you're saying that yourself i still can't quite view him as the best quarterback in the nfl yet so i i could maybe get the get behind putting him ahead of wilson and actually putting him at four but uh yeah i I don't i don't see any higher than that yet you know if he wins a super bowl this year that might be really hard to to have him any lower than say number 1 or number 2 so uh, i'll give you credit there you might be ahead of the case if they're if they are the super bowl champions here nine touchdowns zero interceptions in two playoff games last year and somehow the bills lost one of those games that's practically joe flacco numbers when they won the super bowl <laughs> Okay, okay. We're not talking Joe Flacco on this list, although he might be playing his old team week one. Well, and that's the thing. I guess that's amazing. That's that's 12 touchdowns, I think, Flacco had in four games. Josh Allen went nine in only two. So, yeah, if, if they had gone to the Super Bowl, would have smashed those those Joe Flacco playoff touchdown records for sure. But I like your list, Dylan. I like your list. Like I mean, like I said, I think Stafford, obviously, I think was one of uh, – Stafford and, and uh, Aaron Rodgers were definitely – Two of the bigger um, uh, discrepancies between our two lists. I, even as I admitted, I think I, I might have even had Matthew Stafford a little too low. Um, yeah, I, I don't know about Aaron Rodgers' nine on your list, but, uh, you know, other than that, I think. Uh, and, and then the two names, the two guys that we had swapped, I think Dak and Lamar, uh, and then you, all, you had Kyler and David, uh, David Carr or Derek Carr. I think... Uh, those two guys are definitely in the conversation for top 10, I will say, you know, with Kyler Murray, it's just, you need a little bit more consistency. I think with Derek Carr, like you said, I think he's just a little less naturally gifted than some of the other guys on this list. But as I said, when I prefaced my list, I mean, there's so much variance. There's so many things that take into account when it comes to ranking these quarterbacks that it, you could ask 10 people. And I don't know if you'd get the same list twice. Another interesting question heading into this year is about all these young quarterbacks. And it doesn't have to be a rookie quarterback. It could be a second or third year guy. So which young quarterback is the most intriguing heading into 2022? I guess for me, most intriguing is interesting because uh, I'm, I am really interested to see what Justin Fields can do, even though, I know a lot of people are questioning, like, 
his ability or I guess the team's ability to put pieces around him, whether it's on the offensive line or, or receivers beyond Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. But I want to see like if he, with a, a new coaching staff, he's got a year of NFL experience under his belt. He did seem to improve towards the end of the year. I thought there were times where he looked dreadful and awful, especially his first start uh, took a lot of sacks. You can blame a lot on the offensive line, but you can also maybe blame him for holding the ball too long as well. Uh, even Joe Burrow. I know we, criticized him for a lot of sacks last year some on the offensive line but maybe burrow a little guilty of that himself and look at the big jump joe burrow made because his rookie season did not look great so we've seen these quarterbacks make these these year two jumps even as bad as they've maybe looked in year one and while i'm sure that I, field isn't the only one i can expect to make that type of leap i feel like he's the one that that is being less talked about as making that big team like the, i think the the narrative around fields is almost the opposite of will will chicago be so bad next year that they draft another quarterback and replace him and i don't know about that i mean i suppose it you know it seems like cj stroud might be the real deal but if you're not getting the first overall pick you know you you know you're just taking another risk right so that seems a little far fetched to kind of think the bears will replace fields and I could, because I think the opposite, I think he's actually a really talented quarterback and I'm curious to see what type of, of step he can make with this new coaching staff. I don't know if it's the best coaching staff he could have had, but I think it'll be better than what he had with Nagy and he won't, he'll have a, a staff that's working with him instead of seemingly working against him, which I think even if Nagy's a good head coach, I think if, if you're not working with your players, you're good. You're like, if you're a good head coach, I mean, schematically, if you've got a good system in place, but you're not working with your players properly it, that won't even matter and I think that was a big flaw last year with Nagy obviously it was overshadowed by say what happened with Jacksonville which I think a lot of people might answer as as you know Trevor Lawrence's development in year two but I I think Fields might might really show uh, a leap that again seemed like he started to take at the end of his rookie season and to be honest that team is pretty trash last year so it, it being we see it as a trash team this year that that didn't stop him last year from getting better and, and working with it and improving so I'll, my answer is Justin Fields, really long-windedly, sorry. I almost feel bad for Justin Fields because I think the Chicago Bears have, have set him up for failure because they've got a defensive-minded head coach with all these young, great minds. The Bears let Aaron Robinson go. It's basically Fields, Donnell Mooney, and Dean Montgomery. I mean, with a rookie defensive-minded head coach and Matt Eberflus there, the Bears are who we thought they were. I mean, if you put Justin Fields on the Detroit Lions right now, I'm not saying Detroit's making the playoffs, but are the Detroit Lions a more talented team than the Chicago Bears? Absolutely. I think there – I mean, is there even one position group where the Bears – Outside of quarterback, I would say, uh, where the Bears are better than the Lions. Linebacker? Yeah. Yeah, I guess Roquan. I mean, even if it – like, because what what do the Bears have beside Roquan that really matches up to, to the Lions linebackers, which aren't, you know, aren't scrubs. But, yeah, Roquan's probably the best guy out of either team's units. But, yeah, it's really tough to even, you know, pinpoint just like one guy on, on 11 and defense that's better – like lined up, uh, you know, square to square with what the, the Lions have. So, yeah, no, I think undoubtedly the way I see the NFC North as a Packers fan, there's one threat to the division. And it's the Vikings. I think the Vikings with Cousins is a great quarterback who, you know, just didn't quite make my list. I think he's a top 15 NFL quarterback, though. And 
uh, again, new coaching staff there, uh, maybe better coaching staff, less stubborn, say, than, than Mike Zimmer. Maybe that works better. So I, I'd be worried as a Packers fan of the Vikings, not too concerned with the Lions or Bears. If you put Justin Fields in the Lions, I would say, okay, then there's maybe three teams that could win the NFC North, to be honest. And, and I wouldn't, I would still expect the Packers to win, but I would view them as bigger threats than they are now. So for me, uh, I mean, it's hard and you're going to be mad at me for saying this, but it, I, I think in my mind, it has to be Tua Tungvaloa. I mean, the, the guy locked top draft pick until his hip injury at Alabama, he comes into the NFL, into Miami, he gets the most media hate to, towards a quarterback other than maybe Lamar Jackson I've seen in a very long time. And then you bring in, then all of a sudden Miami drafts Jalen Waddle. The two create an instant chemistry. Now you're telling me that they're going to bring in Tyreek Hill, an offensive-minded head coach with a, a, run ga- a run game guru, as they call him, speed in the backfield, speed at the wide receiver position. I mean, when, it, when we're talking about young quarterbacks and guys who uh, started to uh, – some guys that have failed to necessarily live up to the hype that they've had, I think Tuatunga Vailoa is – the guy who has gotten some of the most criticism from the medium, from fans around the league, and has probably the highest ceiling of any of those young quarterbacks. So I think Tua, I mean, I think Trey Lance is another guy that that'll be really exciting to watch this season, really see how uh, he takes over that San Francisco job. But I think as far as intriguing goes, it's got to be Tua. Stop stealing my guys, because Trey Lance is the – not just obvious choice, the only choice, because I mean, we saw Jimmy Garoppolo lead San Francisco to another NFC championship game last year. And then Sam, the 49ers basically just kicked Jimmy Garoppolo out the door. Trey Lance has barely played in a couple of years because his FCS program played one game in 2020 because of COVID. And last year, Lance barely played. So Lance is rusty. Mm-hmm. I, Lance has got a ton of national talent. And the 49ers may be the most talented roster in football. But is Trey Lance ready to go from a prentice to a star? Because Trey Lance doesn't have to be Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. If he's a top 10 quarterback this year, the 49ers can win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, and, and but you know, I, I like I said, I, I Trey Lance was my backup pick, and I see, I totally see why you like why you have Trey Lance in this category. The main thing for me about Trey Lance is, like you said, he just hasn't had any minutes in the NFL. He's going to obviously, he's it's already official. He's the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers this year. But I just think without getting that real NFL regular season experience, he's going to have some growing pains. He didn't come from one of those top tier uh, universities uh, that, you know, gets all the spotlight in college football. I think he's going to have some growing pains. I think there's going to be some games and some moments where um, we, we see some of, of the not good traits of Trey Lance. And I'm sure there's going to be opportunities where we see some of the really positive and, and skilled traits, uh, traits of Trey Lance. The main thing, as far as intriguing for me, we don't know exactly what we're going to get from Trey Lance. We've seen what Tua can do in the NFL. We've seen his successes. We've seen his failures. And we've seen what the organization has done to, to kind of build around him and put him in the absolute best 
uh, case situation to succeed. So that's why I went with two over Trey Lance, but I absolutely uh, understand why you went uh, the Lance route in that, in that category. It's just going to be intriguing to see what happens because whether you're young or old, you've got Super Bowls, looking for your first playoff win, quarterbacks are always the key. You can't win without them. This isn't the year of the 2000 Raves. You can win with a great running game and great defense. You need a quarterback to win, and everybody knows it. And if you don't have one, go get one. Otherwise, you're the New York Jets. We're still looking for a quarterback. Yeah, or the Detroit Lions. Hey, at least they've got a halfway decent team. Just need a quarterback. Exactly. But like you said, you can't win without one. So, uh, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. Uh, this was an interesting, a different episode with uh, both of you joining me. But uh, I thank you for talking quarterbacks and hopefully uh we'll, we'll turn it into Pat Mahomes to Josh Allen this year. <laughs>